Well, thank you for tuning into Chronicles of War. I'm Darren Michael Shaw, the story's author. Chronicles of War is a work of historical fiction set in the times of the Civil War, and more particularly, Iowa's 26th Volunteer Infantry in the Battle of Arkansas Post. I'm thankful that you've tuned into the podcast and for the opportunity to share this story with you. This is Episode 20, Chronicles of War. Job marveled at the difference between the young men he had observed being mustered in at Camp Kirkwood and the way they appeared now on the eve of their assault. Physically, they still looked too young to be here, but their conversation, indeed their appetites, had taken an entirely worldly turn. The shape of a woman, recollections or embellishments of past sordid encounters, they now punctuated every late-night chat. Job figured most of them were no more than crude imaginations. But these scenes took on life for the young. Tell me again about the girl at the lake, a conversation began. An interest peaked. Each time the story was recounted, details became clearer and more explicit. And what of the ministry of Chaplain Leash? Job was disappointed at Kirkwood how little influence the parson seemed to exert. Was this licentious slide the very fruit of the lack of his labor? Whereas the send-off religious services were widely attended in towns and villages, so few attended the chaplain's meetings when they arrived. Still, Job was incredulous that the prayer meetings he facilitated were picking up numbers, the risks of battle, the ultimate draw to things spiritual. Here, the young man telling tales of girls bathing in the lake bowed his head and pled for God's hand to be upon him. Here, the boys fantasizing to rough pencil drawings of the feminine form recited psalms. This was Job's congregation. It was January ninth, 1863, No Tribs Farm, the prayer meeting before the assault on Arkansas Post. Job was both troubled by and thankful for those who gathered. Young Thomas was thrilled. Mr. Trites, the Lord is at work here. Indeed, Thomas, we have no idea. Job turned in his Bible to Joshua chapter 6. He stood and surveyed the crowd. The Lord was with Joshua, he proclaimed, on the eve of the battle of Jericho. But, he paused. Did you hear me, young men? But, after another pregnant pause, he read on. But the children of Israel committed a trespass in the accursed thing. For Achan, the son of Camri, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, took of the accursed thing. The anger of the Lord was kindled against the children of Israel. Again, Job paused, this time beginning to walk amidst the gathering, making eye contact with many of the young men. Do you recall the result, he asked? Do you remember this lesson from your days in Sunday school? Job's eyes met those of young Mr. Henderson as he mentioned Sunday school. He personalized it. Mr. Henderson, Mr. Henderson, what did my wife teach you? Just as quickly he broadened the matter, swinging around. 
What did any of you learn growing up in church? No one dared to speak. Israel could not stand before their enemies, called a voice Job didn't recognize. Job turned to see the speaker. It was Colonel Milo Smith. As if it were now his homily, the colonel continued. So men, this is an opportunity to make confession. Pray God forgive you your trespasses. Pray God redeem your souls from the gluttony and licentiousness that has seized each one of you. Get on your faces and receive the mercy God alone offers. Or die tomorrow, your soul forfeited and our cause lost. Job observed his men fell to their knees, falling prostrate on the ground, many of them beginning to cry. Job's eyes met Colonel Smith's. Carry on, chaplain, Smith said, as he turned to walk away. Job flashed back again to his own great awakening. That country parson that preached about death and the certitude with which Job felt he had put his own account before God to rest, were any of these young men having that sort of an experience? In his case, he had family, indeed a whole community, who came alongside him in this newfound faith to encourage his growth. Who would be the community for these young men? How would tender souls be nurtured when the advance on Arkansas Post began? Muffled sniffles and sobs continued. People prayed under their breath. Few moved. Job knelt in the midst of the gathering and collapsed into tears himself. The here and now was colliding with the ever after. Men were preparing for a battle with flesh and blood, yet Job was keenly aware that a battle with the principalities and powers, good versus evil, was at full stride. Several of these young men would meet their fate on the morrow. A new weight of responsibility saddled Job's heart. He pleaded with God for the souls of these young men. Later, as Job hoped to gather a bit of sleep, Thomas settled in next to him. I've confessed my feelings for a certain young lady at home tonight, Mr. Trites. I'm afraid my affections have not always been entirely wholesome. Job offered, God forgives you, Thomas, and I'm honored to serve with you. Good night. Who was Milo Smith? Job knew very little about the man. He was said to have been born in Vermont, and although he had been many years a resident of Clinton, Iowa, his private life remained a mystery. Someone suggested he was a railroad man of industry, others that he was a surveyor. Job wondered again about the mystery surrounding these men, these leaders, Williamson and now Smith. It was as if they felt the need to remain distant from others, so as not to experience as great a loss as men fell in battle, and as if not to create a great sense of loss should they themselves succumb. Unable to sleep, Job scratched a journal entry. Is it wise to cloak yourself before others? Is it merciful to spare men the loss of you? Is it prudent to keep ties in this world few? call in our loan. What exactly does that mean, Mr. Stearns? Nancy Ann asked. Harriet, shocked beyond words, knew full well, but decided to allow Mr. Stearns to elaborate for her teenage daughter. 
Young lady, this is a matter for adults, he attempted to avoid the question. I beg your pardon, sir, Nancy Ann persisted. You spoke of caretakers of this farm, and since Mr. Dawes' passing, this is our responsibility as a family, my mother, my brother, and me. So please spare me your condescension and explain what calling in our loan means. The rotund man looked most uncomfortable. Again, adjusting his glasses, he tabulated. Your father borrowed $125 for a draft horse and $80 against your acreage before he left for the war. That's more than $200, young lady. And calling in the loan means that the entire balance needs to be satisfied within 30 days or we'll be forced to auction. This concludes episode 20 of Chronicles of War. I want to thank you again for tuning into the podcast. Whether you're a subscriber and you've just downloaded this episode, I hope you'll enjoy the rest of the story. Get it through iTunes. Get it at my website, DarrenMichaelShaw.com. Thanks again for tuning in and listening to the story. Until next time, God bless.